0: on everybody this is Zach back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports and here on today's episode we're going to talk about some futures for some of the playoff teams that just lost this weekend as well as giving conference championship previews and as far as our picks went and who we wanted to win between the four of us I think we can all say we had some ups we had some downs none of us you know got all four games that we wanted to win uh, correct so kind of some Ups and downs for all of us this weekend with the teams we were rooting for. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew.
1: What's going on, guys? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, Excited to talk some football. And as Zach said, yeah, it didn't quite go all of our ways. Uh, I don't know about the – well, Connor and I were just talking. I know who he's rooting for. But uh, I'm definitely more for the AFC side of the bracket out of who's left. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Like I said, ready to talk some football and get it going.
2: And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with The Most. And like Eric and Zach got to celebrate uh, last week because both of the remaining AFC South teams got knocked out. I got to celebrate this week because both of the remaining AFC North teams got knocked out. So thankfully... uh, not going to be no Ravens or Browns winning the Super Bowl this year, but uh, I'm excited to talk about these games and definitely, I guess I'll like Eric. I'm rooting for more of the ASC side of this uh, playoff bracket. Whoever wins that game.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, I guess kind of like the other guys, um, I just have only real rooting interest left is uh, that Tom Brady's still in the playoffs with the Bucks. Um, I was fun watching him on uh, Sunday, or I guess yesterday, um, put up some good numbers in that game. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. And I'm excited to talk about all the topics we got tonight. A whole lot of football to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's right. A whole lot of football for sure. Um, and we're going to start. Uh, lately, we've been doing the, the game previews at the start of the episode, but I figured we'd switch it up. And since there's only two games, we're going to do that at the end. And you're going to hear all of our takes for all of the games, too, which will be different from past episodes. Um, so nothing you can't say, ah, oh, this wasn't said, you know. you have your, Everybody's going to have their chance to uh, make the case for the teams that they picked. But, um, but this past divisional weekend had four losing teams, and we're going to kind of touch on three of them. Uh, and then, well, really, I'd say two teams, and then one sort of controversy that happened with the Browns
2: but sorry, Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No Rams talk this episode, uh, but you know, we'll talk about the Rams eventually. Um, so with the, with the Ravens, the the questions are starting to come back. Um, you know, Lamar got his first playoff win this year against the Titans in that revenge game, but he did look pretty bad at times this weekend in the bills game, only scoring, I think what, uh, 10 points or three points. What was it exactly? Three three Uh, points. Three points. Yeah, it was only three points. Um, So there's questions. Uh, Obviously, he has had good regular seasons, but his playoff record's not very good. And really, a lot of people are saying, is Lamar ever going to win a Super Bowl? That's kind of the question that's being posed right now because of his limitations as a quarterback. Um, So let's just kind of go around the table and just say what we think and then. Uh, then we'll have more of a reasoning into those takes. So personally, I think Lamar can win a Super Bowl, and I'll argue that. Um, Connor, what about you? And then we'll go Eric and Nate.
2: Personally, I don't think the Ravens will ever win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson, and uh, I'll be the one arguing that
1: side. But uh, what do you, What about you, Eric? What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Connor. I... I just don't see it happening. And then Nate, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I like watching the guy, but I don't think um, he's going to be able to go over the hump. At least, not with the Ravens in their current state.
0: Okay, yeah. So it's three to one, no. So I'm. I'll I'll, I'll start out um, with the argument for by uh, by myself here. Um, I I think it's a little bit premature to say that he can't win a Super Bowl just because uh, the obvious reason he's only this was only his uh, third season in the league so he's super young and we've seen lots of different quarterbacks win Super Bowls Um, the the problem I think really that's gonna hurt Lamar is the fact that he's in the AFC right now and there's so many good quarterbacks and teams in the AFC that it seems like that the NFC used to be the really good conference. Now it's the AFC. So that's going to hurt him. But I just think it's um, way too premature because the Ravens have a good team and they definitely had a lot of offensive line injuries and really this loss. Um, I would put some blame on Lamar Jackson, but I would put a lot of blame too on the center because he had two terrible snaps in this game and he's had bad snaps all year. Um, but the last one was really bad. I think the pick six that he threw in the end zone was a bad interception, but it was unlucky for the Ravens that it ended up being a 101 yard touchdown return. Um, That was kind of an unfortunate break for him. But with all that being said, they held the bills, which I believe are the best offense in the NFL to only 10 points. Um, So they, the defense did the, did the work for the Baltimore Ravens and, they still are gonna have a good defense in the future, I believe. The team's just constructed too well, in my opinion, for uh the Ravens not to consistently be a playoff team and potentially win a Super Bowl. And another thing about Lamar specifically is I don't think he's fully developed yet as a quarterback. I think I think he hasn't hit his ceiling as far as a passing quarterback. And obviously his running ability is great and all, but I believe that he still can improve in areas of his passing game that we haven't seen yet. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Uh, Not every quarterback is Patrick Mahomes their first year playing. So uh, Lamar is definitely not on Patrick Mahomes' level or anything like that. But I would say just give it some time. And I think it's a bit of an overreaction to say he can't win a Super Bowl. I think give him, I would say in two more years time if he's still at this level i would agree with you guys but i think he's got two more years to develop his passing game and become a better passer and then if he can do that they they for sure can win a super bowl because all of his other talents are um are the best in the league as far as running so uh give it two more years and if he's still throwing the way he's throwing then I would say no, but for right now, I'm definitely think he can win a Super Bowl, but he's not going to win like five or six. Um, I'm not saying that, but he could win one. Uh, Connor, what are the reasons why you think it's it's kind of like a lock that
2: he won't? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lock. Yeah, in and yeah. Say, <laughs> okay, boy, that would we'd be waiting a long time to see on that one. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, no. I mean, I think for me, it's really just the fact that. I just don't see his game ever evolving. Like, he's a fantastic... Obviously, he's, you know, one of the best rushers in the league. I mean, he's one of the hardest guys to bring down. You know, he can evade anybody. He's faster than a lot of people. And it really adds another dimension to that offense when, like, you know, you don't have to... Especially when it comes to the run game, you know, you can't just focus on J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram or Gus Edwards. Like, you always have to have someone keeping their eye on Lamar Jackson. Now... The thing about him, obviously, is that his passing game is still not very good, and it it kind of regressed from last year to this year um last year he was able to really incorporate that passing game, and you know it'd be good enough to where teams couldn't really just focus on him as a runner. they also still had to focus on him as a passer, and that's why he won the m v p award But we saw this year basically he played that same kind of game, and it just he couldn't throw as well anymore. And he was, you know, throwing off target. I mean, that interception, like, obviously, yeah, it was unfortunate that it was returned for a touchdown. But he literally threw that into quadruple coverage. I mean, I remember seeing on the replay, like, yeah, um, Jaron Johnson was in front of it and was the one who picked it off. But, like, there was three other defenders around Mark Andrews on that play. Like, at the very least, it wouldn't have been completed, and it was a horrible decision on third and goal when they needed that touchdown. So... It's just like he just doesn't have the decision making and the, you know, the throwing prowess to go far. And especially since this is now a passing league, you know, you have to be able to throw the ball. Otherwise, you're not going to get very far. Um, I mean, we really see it with all the teams that are left in the playoffs right now that, you know, all the all four teams that are left are around the passing game. You know, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, Josh Allen with the the Bills, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. All these teams are pass-heavy teams. None of them are, you know, the sort of grinded-out running teams like the Ravens or the Titans. Those teams are all out and gone. Um, I do agree with the defense, obviously, with the Ravens. You know, it is a little bit of an aging defense in some aspects, like Jimmy Smith is getting up there. Marcus Peters is getting up there. Um you know, a couple other linebackers like LJ Clay Ford, Campbell. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf is 30 years old now. Um, but they do have some young people on there. Obviously Yannick Ngakwe is still pretty young. They just drafted Patrick Queen. He's going to be a star for years to come. Um, and obviously Marlon Humphrey is a good young corner, but they are going to be losing some pieces here in the future that, you know, are a big part of that defense. So um, it'll still be a good, because that's the Ravens identity is defense. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Ravens didn't have a good defense, but it's just who they are. Um, but also with Lamar, like I, said, I just think it's too easy for teams to game plan against him now. I mean, even the Bills, the Bills have an atrocious run defense. I mean, I know the Bills were hoping like out of all the possibilities for the divisional round, you know, they probably wanted the Steelers more than anyone because the Steelers didn't have a run game. Whereas, like, you know, they didn't want the Ravens and they didn't want the Browns because those were two run heavy teams that, you know, could play against their weaknesses. But in order, I mean, I know, obviously, they had a couple points taken off the board because Justin Tucker doinked a couple field goals, which doesn't usually happen. But, you know, still at the end of the day, they did hold the Ravens to three points, which, you know, I'm quite surprised that they managed to hold that offense to three points. And like I said, I just think it's too easy to game plan for him. You know, now if you don't have to focus on his passing game, then just, you know, have some, have a guy like, especially with all these teams now that have these athletic middle linebackers, like Tremaine Edmonds, you can just keep like Tremaine Edmonds, or I don't know if I use an example from like, you know, like with the Cardinals, with Isaiah Simmons, or um and trying to think of another example of, Miles of like Jack, maybe. Yeah. Miles Jack, like use someone like that, a really athletic middle linebacker, just to spy on him on every play. And then you can have the other guys, like if I go back to the bills, like have Milano and um, Jerry Hughes and all the defensive linemen, you know, they focus on the run game, like on the running back, but have that athletic linebacker focusing on uh, the quarterback. So yeah, that's basically, I just don't see his game evolving enough. And the defense is only going to carry you so far. Um, You know, obviously the old saying defense wins championships, but It is still very rare that you have a situation like what would have what happened with Peyton Manning back in Super Mm -hmm. Bowl 50, where like the defense literally carried that team to the championship. That doesn't tend to happen too often, especially not in this league now um, where it's so focused on the offense and, you know, the way that penalties are doled out. It so favors the offense. So, um, yeah, I just don't see him evolving his game enough to be uh, a Super Bowl winner. All
0: right, so let's move on to the next topic. So, uh, we all pretty much believe that this was Drew Brees' final game in the NFL, uh, losing to the Buccaneers this weekend. And it brings up the question now you know, the Saints have had Brees forever. Um, so, who's going to replace Brees in New Orleans and Sean Payton's system? And there's been a couple of quarterbacks through the years, like Teddy Bridgewater last year. We thought, oh, maybe Teddy's the successor, but he was a year too early. And this year they had Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston as their backups, so I don't know if there's a clear cut answer on who the who the next quarterback will be. Uh, but I think it's pretty likely that it's going to be one of those two guys, since uh, the offense since they've both been in the offense for a year now, uh, and Taysom Hill multiple years. So uh, where do you guys stand on that, uh, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? I'm gonna I'm gonna be arguing for Taysom Hill. I, I think uh I think it's gonna be him. Uh what about you guys? Uh for
1: me, uh I would actually really rather the Saints bring in someone else if possible, but I don't really know what they could do there. But if I'm if my choices are Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, I'm picking Jameis Winston.
2: I am also going with Jameis Winston.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm with Eric here, I think. Um, I, this isn't the best choice to have, but I would go with uh, Jameis Winston.
0: All right, so I'll
3: start off um,
0: my reasoning. Back's for, alone again. <laughs> yeah, I'm alone again. You know what it is. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> but I, I, think it, I think it's going to be Hill, and the reason I say that is because when breeze got hurt it was hill and he did i think he did a decent enough job and i really think actually if he'd been healthy uh the the saints uh potentially could have won this game because he would have been involved in the offense a lot more and possibly been in there for plays that drew through interceptions on and they might have used him more if drew was struggling which he was and they they for some reason didn't go more to Jameis Winston but I think the big thing about Hill is um he's the kind of quarterback that the league is moving towards um the mobile you know rushing quarterback like the Lamars the Kylo Murray's um that sort of quarterback it's starting to be trendy now and I think he fits that. And also too, he's been with the saints for a while now like this wasn't his first year with the saints. He knows the offense really well. He's been under drew Brees for a long time. So you got to imagine drew has taught him a lot of things about being a quarterback. And the other option in this instance is Jameis Winston. And I think Jameis is going to, um, go somewhere else in free agency. um, there's other situations I like better for Jameis. And I think for the Saints, I would like Hill better. I just want to see a, like a full season with Taysom Hill to see what he can do um, and see if he's the guy or not, because he has more upside, I think, than Jameis. I think Jameis would end up being kind of like an eight and eight type of quarterback. Uh, but Taysom Hill has the high risk, high reward sort of thing where he could take the league by a storm and really be a great quarterback, but he could also fizzle out really badly. Um, I'd say the sample size is definitely not big enough, but the sample size with Jameis, uh, we know what it is. He's um, big numbers, big interceptions. So uh, I just don't think that's what the saints are going to want to do. Um, I think they're going to try Hill because I think Hill's going to give them the better shot of winning a super bowl and, With Jameis, I don't think that's really going to be possible. Um, So I know Connor and Nate are both going to kind of tag team on this one on why they think it'll be Winston. So you guys can each say a couple things, but I guess we can start with Connor first and then uh, hear what Nate has to add to it.
2: Well, I guess I'll start by saying that I do agree with Zach that I think it's going to be Hill. My thing is that I think it should be Winston, but I do agree that I think it is going to be Taysom Hill when it's all said and done, just because of the fact that he played this year, and like you said, he's been in New Orleans longer, so they trust him more. But my thing for him is just that I kind of group him in the same group as Lamar. Like you know, he like you said, he's that kind of quarterback. But you know, you saying how that's how that kind of quarterback's becoming trendy and everything, but and how it's starting to evolve. But we also kind of thought that kind of back in the early 2010s when it was like Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson's first couple of years, um, you know, and uh, there was some other quarterbacks that came in that were of that same style and it died out. And I think it died out for a reason because those quarterbacks just aren't built to last in the NFL. The quarterbacks that are built to last are the guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these pocket passers that can really sling the ball and really make good decisions um, which is why, unfortunately, I think Josh Allen's going to fizzle out eventually. If he, um, I mean, if he keeps on the way that he is, he, he evolved a lot this season into more of a pocket passer. But if he starts to go back to that old Josh Allen, that I think he's going to fizzle out, just like I think Taysom Hill will fizzle out, whereas Winston's more of that pocket passer. And I think the year under Drew Brees really helped him. You know, he never had the – obviously, he that last year in Tampa Bay, he had Bruce Arians as his coach. But before that, I mean, he was coming into a terrible team at the start, and he never really had anyone to mentor or coach him. And now that he's had a year under Drew Brees, I think he's grown, Um and I just think he'd be – and he's got more experience. I feel like I can't – I feel like Taysom Hill's going to turn into Nick Foles, where, like, he had those – you know, good moments as a backup, but then once you put him in as, like, a full-time starter, he's not—he's going to be starter Nick Foles. Um, So, like I said, I think it's going to be Hill, but I think it should be Winston. But, Nate, what do you think about uh, Jameis Winston?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I'm kind of in this situation where um, I think that, obviously, it's going to be hard to replace someone like Drew Brees, but I think that um, the Saints would be best off trying to either – I'm not totally sure who they get in free agency or in a trade with their cap situations like um or who they even drafted their position. but I think um I don't think either of those two guys um should be looked at as the future um of the Saints, but right now, i would I'm kind of in the same board as you. I think they might end up going with Hill, but I think they should go with winston. I think uh, he wasn't great with the bucks, but he showed that he has the he has the tools to be. You know, a very solid starter in the NFL. He just has to obviously cut down on turnovers and bad decisions, but he's working with someone in Sean Payton who I think is light years better um, than uh, Bruce Arians down in Tampa, I think. Um, so, if anything, he, you know, if he's learned anything under Breeze and Payton in the last year, I think he'll be a very solid starter next year. And um, I think Hill is, you know, he can do a lot of great things, but in the couple of games he had to start, I didn't see you know, a whole lot to convince me that he can become a real starter. And people forget that, you know, he's only been on the scene for a few years, but he's going to be 31 at the start of next year, which is not really a 31-year-old quarterback that uh, started two games in his career. So um, if I was a Saints, you know, fan, I'd be going for Winston in this situation. I think that's who they should go with, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they um, decide to do.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the Saints really because their cap situation. They're so far in the in the salary cap uh, deficit that they're going to be an interesting team to see how do they do in this offseason with Drew Brees leaving and having to cut a lot of players to clear room. So the Saints will be interesting to watch how they do. But finally, let's get to the last topic here and. I know we've discussed so many different rule changes and philosophies and things on the podcast, but we're doing another one that we actually haven't talked about before because it's kind of a rare circumstance to happen. And in this situation, I think really with the, with there being a penalty causing it, that it um, caused a lot of reaction, I guess on Twitter uh, about the uh, if this rule should, should stay or if they should change it the next time, the NFL meets and changes their rules. Like they change a couple of rules. It seems like every year, but uh, this one in particular is the Cleveland Browns play where the receiver stuck out the ball to try and um, get a touchdown and fumbled it before the ball crossed the plane. And it fumbled out of bounds and it resulted in the chiefs getting it as like a touchback. So it was chiefs ball, at the 20 instead of uh, the Browns, I guess on a normal fumble, it would be where it's at. But um, a lot of people are talking about different <laughs> ways that we could change this rule or if if you like the rule as it is. Um, so we're I'll just speak for all of us. We're all on the side of we wouldn't change the rule, but Nate will play devil's advocate um, talking about why it should be. But, Eric, we haven't heard from you all podcasts, So I'll let you talk first here on the, and give us the reasons why you like the rule and
1: why you think it should stay as is. Oh, yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, <laughs> I I definitely think that this rule should stay the same. I mean, for one, uh, this has been a rule for a really long time, and I think it's been that way for a reason. You see rules change sometimes, and obviously when that happens, it's because there's a, there's a need for it. But the fact that this rule has never changed, I... I think there's a reason for that. And I'm the re the main reason why I'm okay with keeping this rule the same is because if the offense fumbles the ball anywhere else on the field and the ball goes out of bounds before the defense can try to recover it, then the offense gets to keep the ball no matter what. Whereas of course if it goes out of the back of the end zone, then it's a touchback for the other team. And I think probably like after this game, like the only people that are really going to be complaining about this rule are the Cleveland Browns fans. Although of course what they might be more upset about too, is the fact that they didn't call the helmet to helmet penalty, Uh, which of course, if that had been called, then the fumble out of bounds thing wouldn't even have mattered. It still would have been, it still would have been Cleveland's ball regardless. But um, I don't know. And if it had been the other way around, then it would be the Chiefs fans complaining about the rule. So I feel like this rule only gets, like, complained about by a team whenever whenever the ball happens to go out of bounds, which ends up hurting their team. Otherwise, I don't think anybody really ever talks about this rule. No. (laughs) I I think the other thing is, too, is the other reason why I don't really think it needs to change is kind of like what I was about to go kind of go into there too, is just that, you know, this uh this particular circumstance happens very rarely in the NFL. I mean, I didn't do my research on it, so I don't know like the average number of times that it happens, but I know it's not very often. Like I I honestly, out of all the NFL games I watched this year before this one, I don't think I saw it happen once. So I don't think it's a dramatic enough of a thing there's something that happens all the time to where it you know needs to be considered for a change you know what I mean so I'm okay with keeping it the same um now again what should have been addressed was the helmet the helmet thing there that was probably the bigger issue here with this particular event but um but I I don't see any need for it to change I 100 percent think it should be the same uh i know nate's gonna offer his thoughts though on why maybe it should be different as the devil's advocate here so uh go ahead nate
3: yeah so i mean i'm kind of on the other side of here but i'm not um completely saying it should be changed i'm not banging my hands on the table saying this rule's gotta go i think um
2: Rule obviously, yeah, yeah,
3: like Yeah. Like, like what Eric said, it doesn't happen all the time. It's not like, you know, people hate the targeting rule, and for good reason. Obviously, that happens, you know, basically every game there's, you know, a questionable call. But with this, it's like, it only happens in big situations, and the debate comes up, and then it kind of goes away. But um, I think I wouldn't mind the rule being changed just because I hadn't really ever stopped to think about it before. Um, but it, it is kind of weird that, you know, you fumble out of bounds anywhere else on the field and you keep the ball at that you know, large, um, yard line. Um, but then you fumble out the back of the end zone and it's uh, a touchback and the ball goes to the other team, which is kind of, you know, strange because so You fumble on the one yard line that goes out before it hits the pylon and you get to keep the ball on the one. But it's like one yard or even one inch difference. And it's the other team's ball, which I think there should be kind of a compromise in there where if you fumble and you go to the end zone, you should. Um, obviously you can't spot the ball on, um, you know, the one, you know, on the goal line, but I think it could be a touchback, and you keep the, the, um, the team keeps the ball on like the 10 or the 20, say, so it's not a super, you know, so, so there's still some penalty for it. I mean, obviously like, you know, if you don't want to, you know, be adversely affected by this rule, hold on to the ball and don't fumble it. So that's why I'm not like super. I'm uh, passionate either way about this, but I do think that, you know, it's kind of a weird quirk in the rule book that if they did decide to change it, I wouldn't be opposed. And I think, you know, I think keep it uniform and keep it so that um, anywhere you fumble out of balance, you keep the ball. But uh, if you fumble through the end zone, you just get pushed back a few yards to kind of keep it fair. Um, I think that would probably be the best way to do it. But um, like I said, I'm not um, like a Browns fan who is going to sit here and say, oh, I got to change that rule. Right now, because <laughs> I don't think it's you know <laughs> it's not killing the game <laughs> or anything. Yeah, they, 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 they need is, to change I it, the...
1: guys. They need to change it, guys. LeBron James was complaining about it. Yeah, change it. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, mean the it, the the the, gonna... the the Dallas Cowboys fan LeBron James
2: is complaining about the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's definitely
0: something because like you know the NFL doesn't want it to be like a situation where like an offensive player. Uh, Treats the ball like a bowling ball and rolls it in the end zone. Like you don't want you don't want to ever be in that sort of thing, and that's why they say you can't advance fumbles offensively. But um, because that would be kind of crazy if you could just roll it like a bowling ball into the end zone and be like, oh, (laughs) let me spot it there at the one. You know, like uh, (laughs) so. uh, So yeah, we'll see if this changes. I honestly do think this could end up being like a uh, what happened with the Saints, where it's like. They do a one-year test thing, but like you guys said, this isn't um, this isn't a targeting rule where it's every game. This is uh, maybe a couple times in a season between every team sort of situation. So, um, But it did happen in the playoffs, and it would have changed the result of the game had it not happened. So I think that's why it's a big reaction on Monday. But it'll go away after Monday,
2: so... Uh, <laughs> overreaction monday
0: (laughs) yep yep all right so now we're gonna get to the nfc and afc championship games so we're gonna do our standard previews for the game make our picks and mark make our cases why and i guess we'll kind of go about these um in a style where where you'll hear someone talk about the bills someone talk about the chiefs then goes to the bills and then the chiefs again i think that's a different way of doing this so uh we got bills and chiefs and you know, to to keep things simple, we'll just go left to right on the on the screen here. So we'll start with Connor, uh, who picked the Bills, and he will give his reasons to why he picked the Bills.
2: Yep. Well, so this was my AFC title game prediction, and I am sticking with it. Uh, I also haven't since I also picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So uh, I can't go back on that either. But yeah, I've got the Bills win this game. Um Probably first and foremost, the biggest uh, reason why I think the Bills are going to win this game is because Josh Allen is just playing out of his mind. Um, and also, good news for him is that since this game's going to be in KC, there's not going to be any of those, like, hopefully for his sake, there ain't going to be uh, any of those weird blistering wins. Because I think we saw, like... The Ravens defense did do a really good job of containing him, but I think the wind also played a really big factor into what was going on in that game. Like he just wasn't hitting on his deep throws like he usually does. Um, and he was just a little bit more off than he usually has been. And also just like the fact that Tucker was missing those field goals too. And Lamar Jackson also didn't look right. I think the wind played a big factor. So yeah, you could um, see the um, goalposts like shaking. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, that's how bad it was. <laughs> right. So um, like I said, I think he's going to be able to torch this Kansas City secondary. Um, you know, it's just out of all the defenses that were left in the ASC, like Josh Allen got past the best one when it came to Baltimore. So if he can get past the Baltimore defense, then I think he can get past the KC defense. Obviously, the big question for KC is: is Patrick Mahomes going to play? Um, now, from what we're hearing, it sounds like he is going to play. So. And I think also, when it comes to KC, that their offense plays into the the Buffalo Bills' strength. Because while the Ravens' offense played to their weakness, which was their run defense, the Chiefs are a very pass-heavy team with Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey, and obviously all the speed they have on that offense. But the Bills' secondary is by far the strength of this defense, with Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde are all... um, you know, I don't know if any of them I I think Poyer made the Pro Bowl this year, but uh, they're all they all could have arguments for being pro bowlers. And this Buffalo defense is also very speedy. They mentioned that in the game against the Ravens that this Bill's defense does have speed, so they can keep up with these players on the Chiefs. Um, obviously, it's hard for anybody to keep up with Tyreek Hill, but they can keep up with all the other guys like Miko Hardman and um, Williams and Sammy Watkins if he ends up playing. Um but and i think matt milano should be a fantastic guy to cover travis kelsey so like i said i just think it plays to the bill's strengths in this matchup and also i think the bills are hungrier than the chiefs are at this point obviously you know the chiefs are coming off a super bowl win last year you know it's really it's really hard or really rare when you see a team even just making it to the Super Bowl back-to-back. like Obviously, that happens more often than teams winning the Super Bowl back-to-back, but just making it to the Super Bowl back-to-back is also still very hard. And the Bills, you know, the city of Buffalo has been waiting for a long time to get back to the Super Bowl ever since those losses in the 90s. So, I said, I just think the Bills are hungrier, and I think they they match up really well with the Chiefs in this game. I think if I was the Bills, I would have been more worried about the Browns um, if they had won that game than I would be the Chiefs at this point. So I am sticking with the Buffalo Bills, not just because my dad's a Bills fan. He'd kick me (laughs) out of the house if I didn't pick them to win this game. (laughs) Go Bills. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll
0: I'll make the case first for the Chiefs. Um, And obviously, I was torn on this because, you know, if Chad Henney's a starting quarterback, you know, everything I say um, don't take it seriously. Is this is all predicated? <laughs> Forget on what I said. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all. If Mahomes plays, I think the Chiefs win. If he doesn't, then I'd, obviously I think I pick the Bills to win. But um, the good thing, I guess, for Mahomes' sake with the injury is, personally, I didn't think he was going to. Um, I thought usually with the concussions, usually they missed the next week. Um, so I, when I saw it happen. I was, you know, on the assumption he, I don't think Mahomes is going to play. But now, from what uh, the odds makers and always trust the people in Vegas because they seem to know stuff that nobody else knows, <laughs> you know, like listen to Vegas um, when it comes to making <laughs> your bets. Um, and they seem to think that he's more likely to play, I guess. So I'm going to listen to them and assume that he plays with my pick here. But even uh, with him playing, it's the type of injury, I think, that's not going to affect him as much as if it had been, you know, something with his hand or even like his what leg. happened to
2: Jared Goff. Yeah,
0: his thumb, you know, that's a bigger deal. That's where you're like, OK, he's going to play, but he's going to be limited. I think he'd be full force if he ends up playing. And uh, so obviously uh, Mahomes is the reason why I think they'd win. And just... I've watched a lot of Chiefs games this year. I haven't watched as many Bills games as I have Chiefs games, but uh, it's just the speed on the Chiefs offense is unbelievable. I mean it's there's plays where the Chiefs run where you're like, okay, that should that's they're gonna lose yards here, but they get 20 yards on it on a play that you think they're gonna lose just because the guy outruns the other, the defender, whoever it is. Uh, their whole offense is speedy. And Mahomes' decision making has been great this year with the low interceptions. And um, while Buffalo is a good team and I think they'll put up some points, I just think uh, Kansas City has the better offense. And uh, the defenses are honestly like a push because Tyron Matthews has been unbelievable for the the Chiefs. He helped them win the game against the Browns, and I think he might. He has just great football instincts with getting interceptions. I could see him. Potentially getting another interception, and their pass rush is pretty good. But the Bills' offensive line has been really good. Every time I've watched the Bills, Allen has had a clean pocket. So the key will be definitely yeah. to put pressure on Allen. Yeah, I think
2: the Steelers only got to him once in that game, and that was a yeah, team the that Steelers led the only in got to him once. If the
0: Steelers only got to him once, then that tells you something about how good the offensive line's been.
2: So the for
0: the Chiefs, they really need to pressure Allen, which is going to be hard because, like I said, and also too, he just steps like so far back because of his arm strength. It doesn't matter how far back from the line of scrimmage he is, which is a helpful thing for him. You know, these are the two um, strongest arm quarterbacks in the league. So um, at the end of the day, though, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. Um, And you say the Bills match up well with the Chiefs, but they did meet earlier in the season. The Chiefs won it. Um, And I think last year if they played think the Chiefs won I'm not sure if they did or not and that was last year anyway so I shouldn't talk yeah. about it but Josh Allen was
2: a much different player <laughs> yeah, last <I> year <laughs> but
0: um but the the Chiefs man they they've only lost one game this season with Mahomes and that's just something that's hard to pick against but you know when it comes to the Super Bowl I will pick against it but um but yeah, so that's that's why I got the Chiefs. Nate, we'll go back over to you and hear another opinion on why the Bills are going to win this.
3: Yeah, I'm still taking the Bills just for the reason that I picked them in the uh, um, playoff bracket, just because I feel like they're just so hot right now. Um, Josh Allen's rolling. Um, Stephon Diggs has been putting up numbers for really the whole season, especially over the course of the last um, few weeks. I feel like he's really been going. Um, I just feel like the Chiefs have a solid defense, but um, like uh, like Connor said, I think the Ravens had the best defense left in the playoffs on the AFC side of things, and uh, they looked just fine against them last week. So uh, I think they can put up enough points to stay in the you know keep up with the Chiefs, even if Mahomes does play. I think they you know can put up enough points, and their defense is pretty solid um, themselves. And I think obviously you can't shut down um that Chiefs offense but I think um if anyone uh left in the playoffs can uh hold them in check it's going to be the Bills at this point so I like them just to keep it going especially uh, on the off chance that um, Mahomes concussion really is serious and Chad Henney plays obviously it's uh going to be the Bills game in that scenario as well and especially without really a fan presence I'd be worried about having to go into Kansas City uh if they had the full you know 90,000 fans or however however many they can fit in there uh yelling in a January playoff game but um with limited fans on top of everything going on I think that really plays into the Bills uh advantage here so I'm taking them to go to the Super Bowl
0: All right and then let's close out with Eric uh been the strongest on the Chiefs all year so I'm interested to hear in uh what what else that I didn't say that um that gives the Chiefs an advantage
1: yeah, so I was the one that took the Chiefs over the field when we did that uh, in a recent podcast episode. And obviously, if Chad Henney is going to play, I will be retracting that statement. <laughs> uh, I will be retracting <laughs> Pretty, Yeah, right well, here. like Zach said, hey, everything, everything's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> everything's going
2: to change with our discussion if Henney plays. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It'll be a unanimous Bills vote if Henney is going to play. But uh, as a... Jaguar fan, obviously, I've tortured myself watching him play sometimes, but uh, anyway, for the Chiefs' sake, I think the biggest difference for this game um, that is going to really be helpful for them is, from everything that I'm hearing, they should be getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back this week uh, as well, and if he plays... I think that's going to be the biggest difference maker for them. Uh, while the Bills did a great job of containing Lamar Jackson last week, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire torched them in their regular season matchup. He had a ton of yards, and and that was the biggest difference maker in the game because I think what hurt the Chiefs against the Browns and why they kind of had some... Phases where they were struggling a bit in that game was they weren't getting the run game going as well, and the Browns have a better run defense than the Bills. So I think going against a weaker run defense as well as having their top running back option back, I think that's great news for the Chiefs. And if they have the running attack going, that's going to allow Mahomes to be able to do more play action. He can throw when he wants to when maybe the defense is expecting run it'll be a little bit of a better thing. And also the, some another thing like the Chiefs like to do with their speed that I think could hurt the Bills too in addition to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the Chiefs like to do a lot of uh, motioning and jet sweeps and all kinds of different... Every, every now and then Mahomes will do a designed run. They have a lot of different ways to attack a run defense. And I think that's going to... I think that's really going to favor the Chiefs. And then on the opposite end, the Bills really don't have a run game at all. I mean, Josh Allen basically is the run game for the Bills, and they have to be careful with that because you don't want your quarterback getting hurt. So I don't think the Bills can rely on that as much as maybe they did at points in the regular season. Because obviously, if something were to happen to Josh Allen, then unless they had a big lead or something and maybe they could hold on to it they the game would be over so I think the Chiefs have a better matchup here than the Bills I mean obviously we're at the AFC championship game at this point so obviously it's going to be a great game Uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, as long as Mahomes plays but I just I think the running game is going to be the biggest difference between who wins and who loses. And I'm giving the edge to the Chiefs.
0: All right. So that's what we think will happen in the AFC side of things. And we'll talk now and finish the episode talking about the NFC. So Buccaneers versus Packers. Um, you know where I've been standing on this uh, for, a, for a while now. So um, I will start the discussion about the Buccaneers and why I think they'll win. And... Kind of like with uh, what Connor was saying with the Bills, where you know he thought the Browns would be a tougher matchup for the Chiefs. I think the Buccaneers already beat their toughest matchup in the NFC, being the Saints. You know, Obviously, 0-2 against them, and uh, especially with the point differential, was really bad in this year against the Saints. But now they're going to play the Packers, and this is a team kind of opposite of the Saints for the Buccaneers, who they played once earlier in the year. And it was probably their best game of the season, uh, if I'm being honest. The offense and defense, you know, Rodgers, they were able to do something to Rogers where we were like, okay, you know, Rodgers, we didn't think he was gonna be the MVP after that game, or at least I didn't think so. Um, I thought that was a big, you know, statement sort of game. And granted, the big the you know, the big difference is now it's gonna be in Lambo, it's not in Tampa. Uh, if Tampa does win, though, they'd be the first home Super Bowl host, um, which would be a big thing for them. But uh, first, they got to take care of business on the road at Lambeau. And I think I see a lot when I'm looking at trends here, um, I I see a very similar situation because personally, Green Bay is better than they were last year. But I still think they're overrated. And I see... What happened last year was San Francisco versus green Bay in the regular season. And then in the playoffs. And I saw just the beat down that they did to him two times that season. And we saw the first one with Tampa against green Bay. And I think we're going to see another one on Sunday. And I don't think it's going to be close. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a close game. I pick in the Buccaneers by more than 10. Um, Rogers is a great quarterback. Adams is great. Aaron Jones is great. They have good players. It's just, um, the Buccaneers defense to me is playing the best that they've played, um, in a while. And you see all these different playmakers, Levante David making tackles all over the field, Devin white getting interceptions and big time tackles. Um, Antoine Winfield, Carlton Davis, all these guys. uh, I don't know. I I don't know if it's true or not, but I think I saw someone say like Vita Veya could be coming back. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, or even remotely true, but I saw someone say that, and that would be huge if it's true. Um, And then as far as on the offense, it's all clicking right now. Fournette is, you know, it's starting to heat up a little bit. He's been playing better. Rojo's playing good. Uh, They're limiting the penalties on offense. Brady's not making mistakes like he was. Um, this is a team that's playing their best football right now. And it's something five or six weeks ago, uh, they weren't. And I get I get it that Green Bay's playing their best football right now. But team to team, Tampa Bay, when they play their best, is better than Green Bay when they play their best. I, I think that's a true statement. Um, so like I said, I don't think this one will be as close as some other people might pick it to be. I think Tampa and obviously too, uh, it's hard to go against Brady in the playoffs. Um whereas Aaron Rodgers, that's been his biggest weakness. Um so we'll see what happens, but I'm not too worried about this for the Buccaneers' sake. Uh Connor, what about the what about the Packers?
2: Why am I wrong? <laughs> well I mean, yeah, I think you said it, just like just like the Buccaneers, the Packers are playing their best football right now. And I think the biggest thing to look at with both of these games, really, because um, obviously the Chiefs and Bills faced off in the regular season and the Buccaneers and the Packers faced off in the regular season. But those games came in, the Bills and Chiefs played in week six and the Buccaneers and Packers played in week five. So it's not like these games happened a couple weeks ago. And, you know, okay, this is, they're like, you know, Um, it's fresh in our memories and everything. These happened way early in the season. And I think both teams are different. Like you said, both teams are playing their best football right now. The Buccaneers are a different team. The Packers are a different team. And I would have agreed with you that the Packers were overrated until I saw like sort of like the last few weeks of the season and then also that game against the Rams, at least against their defense, because I expected them to win that. We all did. But just the way that Aaron Rodgers performed against that defense. I mean, the Rams were the number one defense in the league. They were number one against the pass. And Aaron Rodgers torched them. Um, And I mean, and honestly, the score should have been uh, 39 to 18 because Alan Lazard dropped a touchdown. (laughs) So um, he caught the second one, but he dropped one in that game. So, um, and I think for the Buccaneers, this is really going to be interesting to see how they do because this really is going to be in my opinion, a wake-up call for them when it comes to who they're going against and what kind of offense they're going against. Because so far, they've gone against the Washington football team, which didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs in the first place. I mean, they were just there because they won their division. And also, Alex Smith wasn't playing. And they went against a quarterback who not even one single time mm-hmm. in the game threw the ball over 15 yards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just a short passing game. And a quarterback that made a lot of mistakes too. But Aaron Rodgers is a different quarterback from Drew Brees and Taylor Heineke. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year. He's got possibly the best wide receiver in the league that he's throwing to. And we saw it in that game against the Rams that, you know, first of all, Devontae Adams, he did do a decent job against Jalen Ramsey. Like he didn't break a hundred yards, but he still did a decent job against Jalen Ramsey And got who's, you know, was playing at the top of his game and managed to do a good job. But also we saw it where, okay, the Rams are going to start focusing all this attention on Devontae Adams. Now that's going to start opening things up for Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Robert Tanyan to get open. And also it opens up the run game for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I think that's one thing that people forget a lot about the Packers is that their run game is actually pretty good with Jones and Jamal Williams. It's just, of course, Aaron Rodgers gets all the credit because, you know, he is going to he is the MVP and he's the face of the franchise. But um, it really is a different aspect for the Buccaneers to go against this Packers team. And it's also going to be, you know, the, the Saints, they had a couple of their offensive line was really good. But this Packers offensive line has been even better than that Saints offensive line has been. And the way that they managed to keep Aaron Rodgers clean against the Rams, who again, number one defense and one of the best pass rushes in the league, you know, they they torch Seattle from the pass rush aspect in that game. Granted, Seattle's offensive line isn't great, but you know, they were they were managing to get after the quarterback all year. And the Packers, even without David Bakhtiari, like I thought the Packers offensive line was gonna be screwed without David Bakhtiari, but they've managed to cope really well without him. And also the fact that Probably the biggest advantage that I think the Packers have in this game is that, you know, we've been talking all year that, oh, home field's really not that big of an advantage because there's no fans. Well, the Packers really are going to have their home field come into play here because you're going you're taking a team that plays in sunny Florida that even uh, in, trust me, I
0: know. I would say nice even,
2: <laughs> even in the wintertime, it's like 70 degrees, but the forecast for in Green Bay on Sunday is 25 degrees with snow showers. So that plays right into the Packers, hands when it comes to home field advantage. So, um, yeah, I just think that, I think the Packers are a way different team than they were back then. And obviously the defense is a bit shaky. Um, but the secondary is the strength of this defense. And, you know, as long as they can keep that running game in check, they're kind of like the bills defense. If they can keep the running game in check enough, I think they can shut down Tom Brady with, uh, the, the secondary that they have. So, um, I'm picking I know this is the, this is actually a change for me because uh when we did our initial predictions I had the Buccaneers knocking the Packers out but that was before I saw how the Packers performed against the Rams um and how the Buccaneers you know their road to this point so um I'm and, going and with the pa- weather report too <laughs> And the weather report yes exactly so um I'm sticking I'm going to go with the Packers here but I will let Nate uh talk about the Buccaneers now
3: Yeah so I mean all those uh, <laughs> factors there make me feel a little bit um, less stable here in my pick, but um, as I've learned over the course of many years, is not to bet against um, Tom Brady in January. That's you know usually doesn't go too well. Um, I think as of right now, I mean, they're, they're kind of in the same boat for me as the Bills. I think they're getting together and playing their best football right now, right when it matters the most. I think Brady and his receivers finally – um, you know, have the chemistry and the timing going, and they're looking pretty fluid on offense. And uh, obviously, these two teams met earlier in the season in uh, Tampa, and it was really one sided in favor of the Bucks. I don't think it's gonna gonna be nearly as bad, um, you know, the blowout either way this time. But um, I do think that you know Tampa beat them handily when they were uh, still kind of figuring things out. Um, they were really up and down at that point in the year. I think now they're playing their best football i think um they're definitely in a uh, position to beat them again i think that going up in the cold is something that i've kind of thought about kind of worries me that a lot of these players you know obviously brady and gronk um you know lived through that kind of cold for a lot of years up in new england but a lot of them aren't used to playing in that but you know i think they can um you know i think they'll have to overcome that it's cold for everybody so we'll see what they can do there but um, yeah, Green Bay definitely looked good last week, but you know, the Rams had a good defense, but they had injuries on offense and defense. Um, Aaron Donald was playing through injuries. He wasn't himself. Uh Ramsey was, you know, good coming into the game when they handled him. But I think the Bucks have kind of a, a sleeper defense, is a little bit underrated, and I think they can uh definitely, you <clears throat> know, not stop Aaron Rodgers, but they'll be uh serviceable at least. So I don't know, I think it's kind of a tricky uh, one here. I think Green Bay is um, very scary on paper. And I know there it's going to be, a, I think I will say it's definitely gonna be a great game, but I'm going to give uh, the bucks. Yeah. Just cause you know, I can't bet it against uh Tom Brady this time of the year. So I'll see what, uh, uh, <laughs> see what Eric has to say on this one.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely obviously in a agreement with Connor picking the Packers and I think Connor brought up a ton of great points uh, for the Packers argument. And what I what I was going to say that I, for a minute, didn't think he was going to say is the weather thing. I mean, obviously Tom Brady's been used to that uh, throughout his career, playing in New England and everything, but most of these players haven't. And I think the weather is going to play a very big part. And the other thing that Connor talked about, too, with the road to the Bucks getting here uh, that he did not mention was when it came to the game against the Saints. The reason why the Bucks got all of the touchdowns that they got was because of all of the turnovers. They got all of their touchdowns off of turnovers, like on regular drives where they had to start on their on their end of the field or deep in their territory and go all the way down the field they didn't get a single touchdown the whole game. They had they either they either didn't score or they only got field goals. And I know Green Bay's defense is not as good as the Saints defense is, but I don't see Aaron Rodgers giving the Buccaneers all those opportunities. And it was weird how it happened too, but in their regular season matchup, uh when the Packers and Bucks played, the Packers actually got off to a great start in that game. And then for some reason it like Rogers started making mistakes and then it fell apart and I that was just a really weird game to watch because the Packers got off to such a great start and then collapsed. So I, I don't see that happening this time. I think the Packers are gonna learn from their mistakes in that in their first game against the Bucks. And I think they're gonna get it together. I Aaron Rodgers I think is he Obviously, really wants it. He's obviously always been a great quarterback throughout his whole career, but even at his age, he has just been at an un- unworldly level. I <laughs> to say he's <laughs> been. It, I, I am a little upset with him because it looked like Mahomes was on track to get the MVP, which was my preseason prediction. But then Rodgers just had to come in and have this amazing uh, end of the season, so he'll get it. But. um yeah, I think the the biggest key, I guess, otherwise as well to this game for me is that it's kind of going to be like what I said last week with the Saints and the Bucks, and I think the Packers need to do what I said the Saints needed to do, which they did do at times, and they're really going to have to contain the running game and get themselves in positions to where... Tampa Bay has to do third and long because we've seen Tampa's offense when they get in third and short. I mean, they're pretty much getting a first down every time. They can run the ball, they can play action, they can straight up pass. It's too hard to know what they're gonna do and it gives the Bucks an advantage. But when if if the Packers can constantly get the Buccaneers in like third and seven and longer, where you know what Tampa's gonna have to do, then that allows the Packers to open up their end of the playbook and throw disguises and come at Brady with different things and try to throw him off. Because when while Brady's been great, when he gets under pressure, like what the Saints did in their two regular season games and a couple times in the playoff game, then he gets a he does get a little more rattled, and that's when mistakes can happen. But when you give him clean pockets, or when you let him get in third and shorts where he can just do like just snap the ball and do quick passes where he's not even really having to drop back. You know the pass rush is ineffective. Like that's where he shines. But get him in third and long, and that's where they could get him in trouble. So that that's my. I think if the Packers can do that, then I definitely think they can win the game. Um, I do disagree with Zach, obviously, thinking that the Bucks are going to blow them out. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I do. I think. Obviously, I think Green Bay is going to win. But even if Green Bay wins, I think this is going to be a close game. I can. I can see this game coming down to the wire either way. So. Uh, Definitely excited about it. Uh, I don't really. I wish, really, in a way, I wish neither team could win the game. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, with you there. I'm with you there. You know, (laughs) as a as a you know lifelong like Brady hater, I don't want him getting another one. I've never really been a Packers fan, so. Would really rather not see them get one, but at the same time, I am excited to watch the game. I'm excited to see what happens. I, you know, playoff the playoffs is the playoffs. It's always exciting. So yeah, uh, it it's gonna be a great way to you know end the weekend and see who gets in the Super Bowl here. So
0: yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it as well. And we'll be back um, next week. We're gonna end up doing kind of we're going to look at every team's quarterback situation that's going to be like the whole episode we did that last year was a lot of fun we're bringing it back and then after that week we're going to do our super bowl blowout episode (laughs) you know last year's uh we're going to do it kind of like last we're gonna we're gonna fill up the slides again zach (laughs) yeah the slides the slides with ten thousand screenshots will be back next year (laughs) Uh, um it's just going to be determined who those teams will be and uh who we think will win those matchups but um Yeah, a couple of really fun episodes in store after this one. Hopefully, you guys enjoy. And remember, be clutch.
2: Bye. See ya. Peace.